It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing all right. Today's show, she's being brought to you in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant. Located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328. 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simons Island and Sal's Restaurant to get an authentic Italian meal. And speaking of uh, St. Simons, don't forget our biggest and bestest uh, Billy C event will be taking place this summer in August, the end of August. I will have the exact dates for you when I come back from our vacation. Uh, we uh, are planning an extravaganza, to say the least. It'll be not one, not two, not three, but four days worth of activities, all surrounding around the sport of boxing, some fun, some celebrities, all that stuff. But here's the thing you got to be on our list. So if you're interested in getting information and coming to our event, just drop me an email, Billy at Talkin' Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. And today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to the show. Just go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. If you're looking to get a signed copy, don't worry about it. Just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book. You can't miss it. It's all over the place. You're looking to get more than one copy? I'll hook you up. Just drop me an email, billy at talkingboxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Programming note. Today's our last show. We will not be doing uh, a show. No, 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 no. no. I don't mean our last show. I mean our last show before vacation. We will not be doing a live show tomorrow. And uh, we're off all next week. We will be back on February 21st. That will be the day that we uh, begin airing live again. I apologize uh, for that. But a long overdue vacation is needed for both Sal and myself. And speaking of Sal, joining me right now is Sal Rocky Senecola. Good morning, Sal. Uh, Good morning, Billy C. How are you today, buddy? Ready, ready, willing, and able, huh? I see that. I see that. I'm right at the the helm. Yeah, (laughs) I see you there. I see you there. Hey, this is only my sixth cup today. I know. You you seem a little sluggish. But uh, uh, anyway... 
Um, listen, some things I wanted to talk about today. Um, the main one, I got a bunch of emails to read, but, um, uh, Deontay Wilder's at, oh, he's at it again, Mr. Magoo. No, uh, Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I know you are, but he's delusional, uh, just like you are, uh, about him possibly beating Anthony Joshua. I'm going to get some quotes to you. This is clearly a guy that, um, either is really stupid or has uh, bought into all the BS that uh, they're whispering in his ear. I, I, I'm actually starting to feel sorry for Deontay Wilder, and, and maybe he should get his head examined. I will talk about that in a second. But Foist, uh, last night there was some fights, Broadway boxing. You know, I'm always talking about uh, promoters who don't promote, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Lou DeBell is one of these guys that does shows. His name is associated with uh, boxing events. But generally, this guy doesn't do anything for his fighters. Why a young fighter would sign with Lou DeBella? However, however, his Broadway boxing series is cool. It's one of these uh, throwback types of boxing uh, series that we used to see all the time. He's done very well at it. Uh, he's back at B.B. Uh, King's Blues Club uh, in, oh, wow. uh, in New York City. Uh, he's been doing this for a while. The reason why I like the uh, Broadway boxing series is because it's throwback. It's a club show. It's in a small venue. And uh, usually there's some entertaining fights. Last night uh, in the main event in a welterweight division, uh, Mikel uh, Lespierre improved to 19-0 and with a draw uh, when he beat Noel Murphy who loses for the first time in his career. He drops to 12-1 and one, uh, in the uh, main event. Uh, both of these guys were from uh, uh, New York, so it was kind of a cross-town rivalry, uh, something that uh, is a backbone of this sport that we used to see all the time. Very rarely do we see it now, uh, but the way the judges scored it, 97-92 uh, was the way one judge had it, and the, the other two had it, 95-94, all three in favor uh, of the winner, Mikel Lespierre. So uh, congratulations to him. Also, uh, a uh, heavyweight prospect, um, Oaks Landier Tel, uh, Tess Lenko, improved to 12-0 and when he stopped uh, Keenan Hickman uh, in the second round. Uh, Hickman drops to 6-3-1. and And also, uh, Stephen Shaw uh, improved to 10-0 and with six knockouts uh, when he... Uh, uh, won a unanimous decision over Joel Claudi, uh, who uh, drops to 7-2-1. and one. Uh, That, too, was a heavyweight uh, fight. The way the judges saw that one, 60-54 twice, and one judge had it 59-55 in, uh, in the Broadway boxing uh, event last night. So that's the reason why I like that is because uh, that series is because it's clearly a throwback. And, you know, boxing needs more of these series. So hats off to Lou in that respect. I, I, you know, I mean, I've been very critical of him uh, in terms of uh, him not promoting, actually promoting his fighters. Uh, but uh, I love this boxing. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I love this Broadway boxing series. All right. Well, it sounds terrific. And, you know, anytime a grassroots promotion or, or young nucleus of a, of a promotion starts to grow and, and gets the popularity and is the throwback. You know, we love that stuff because it's, it's, you know, boxing is one of the only sports that has not had to go through many metamorphic changes on some level, but it does need some changes on another. And uh, that's a good case of it when they do the old throwbacks like Lou DeBello's doing. Well, throwback meaning 
for me, you know, like having uh, rivalries, you know, uh, uh, in this case, you know, you yes. have one, one fighter from one part of New York, another one from another part. You know, uh, they tell their friends and family, come and support me, and, and, and you have, a, you know, good old-fashioned stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong, sometimes uh, rivalries uh, in this day and age turn out to be, you know, uh, gunfights and burning down places and all of that. I mean, we don't need that, but you know, a good, uh, uh, a good uh, uh, a rivalry inside the ring is is always uh, good for the sport and for the fans. But uh, oh, absolutely, I agree with you one hundred percent. All right, Deontay Wilder, he's de- he's delusional. This guy is, a, as far as I'm concerned, he's a fraud. And the reason why I say he's a fraud. Is because he hasn't beaten anybody, Sal. Come on. You could say all you want about, oh, he could have, would have, could have, should have. You know, he, he's got pop. He's got this. He's in shape. Yeah, I agree with all that. But just like I use the analogy all the time about an undefeated sports team, if they're playing the worst team every single week or every single day and they win every single game, are they the best team? You know, I, I mean, this is Deontay Wilder. He's clearly... As far as I'm concerned, he's like the main character, Toro, in Harder They Fall. Everybody around him, they obviously know this guy has not fought anybody. They overprotect him. There's all kinds of rumors that all his fights are paid off, inc- including the one coming what? up with Luis Ortiz. Um, but but here's, here's, uh, let, let me read you some quotes. Now, what is the big fight we all want to see, Sal? Come on, what is it? Is this like Jeopardy? Are you uh, well, kidding it, me? The it, big fight we want to see is Deontay Wilder stepping into the ring for the heavyweight championship of unification and, and of the world against our main man in the UK, Anthony Joshua. That's well, the fight. That's that, the only fight I want to see in the heavyweight division that's, between you and me. That, that's correct. And I think that if Good you thing. talk to any boxing fan, whether they're a diehard fan, a marginal fan, or just – uh, heard of the sport <laughs> they will tell you that they want to see anthony joshua against deontay wilder all right well all right we all heard you know and, and oh let me ask you another question <laughs> let I me ask, wait i want to go two for two yeah let me ask you another question do you feel that anthony joshua has become the uh the 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 face of of boxing in a sense i mean Anthony Joshua has done credible things, has done things that associate boxing now. Uh, he is one of the main faces of boxing, especially in the heavyweight division. So, yes, I understand where you're, where you're going with that, what you're saying. And I can agree that I think he, he is the poster child for boxing at right right this minute. Uh, he, I mean, you know, listen, I mean, he sells out. There's a he high sells demand. Out I mean, the guy's incredible. I mean... Yeah. Those that follow boxing know Anthony Joshua. So, so let me ask you this: in your travels, in your yes. travels, you know, from from your house to your restaurant, because that's about all you go these days. But when you travel, maybe Clinton County once in a while. Yeah, you got to go to the store. I know you got you got to go. <laughs> you got to go into Brunswick occasionally. Back now, you, my little my little island hopper. You got to go to Brunswick occasionally. But uh, um, a- anyway, anyway, it's just a causeway away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in your travels, and you start talking about boxing, because when people come into your restaurant, I mean, I, they get a pretty pretty good idea that you're a boxing guy, right? I mean, I, you know, you would think that, right? Well, they, they, we we talk Yankees, we talk Giants, 
We talk New England. We talk boxing up the gazoo, and we talk we talk about everything. I mean, that's just it. We, uh, I'm, uh, but but boxing primarily, yeah. The pictures kind of increase the volume tone of, uh, you, oh, you're a boxer. Oh, you this. Oh, yeah, really. Mm, you know. So yeah, boxing is the centrist right, where we discuss. Yes. And then you uh, you always have the uh, Sal TV uh, playing twenty four seven. W S A L right. Sal TV, <laughs> right. playing my nonstop videos of of some of my fights that are still available on YouTube. So my tube. So listen. YouTube. So listen. Um, I'm, I'm ready for the with, with with the people I know. Most of them uh, were all because I face it uh, on a, on a regular basis. Mo- most people were used to be boxing fans and et cetera, et cetera. But when you talk about today's fights, do a lot of them know who Anthony Joshua is? Most of them, you know, I, I I will tell you this: the the men and women of Fletzy, the, they they are more in tune a lot of times with the combatant sports, MMA, primarily, but boxing uh, secondary and tertiary definitely. So yeah, that we, we we do discuss boxing, and they do know Anthony Joshua. They do know Deontay Wilder. Those are the, that that fan base. The average Joe that comes in there and knows something about boxing. If you're trying to have me say this, yes, they will recognize the name or recall the name of Anthony Joshua before they will Deontay Wilder. Exactly. Um, Is that where well, you're going? Well, 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 Anthony Joshua. The reason why uh, I mean Deontay Wilder. The reason why I say Deontay Wilder is is delusional, is because he he he's basically talking about Anthony Joshua needs Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder does <laughs> not need Anthony Joshua. Wow. Uh, Deontay wow. Wilder says that I'm the most exciting, most entertaining fighter in the heavyweight division. Nobody in the heavyweight division is doing what I'm doing. No one in the history of the heavyweight wow. division is doing wow. what I'm history. doing. Right? He's saying, you know, his basically he's saying his accomplishments have not been equaled throughout the history of boxing, uh, and of course wow. today, um, which. To me, is delusional. I think he needs to get his head examined. But but let me let me get you some. You know, when talking about Anthony Joshua and the fact that Anthony Joshua wants to fight Deontay Wilder, but Deontay Wilder is outpricing himself because of the uh, advisement uh, of the people protecting him. Um, he feels that Deontay Wilder, uh, Deontay Wilder feels that Anthony Joshua has to come to him and fight on his terms. Uh, not the other way around. Wilder says he may have his country behind him, but that's it. Does he want to be remembered as a countrywide champion? Because he's not worldwide. Here in America, nobody even knows his name. They just know him as a big guy from India, uh, from England. That's a fact, he says, which is not a fact. We all saw, we all saw, you know, them doing interviews on the streets of Brooklyn outside of the Barclays Center. Before Deontay Wilder was going to fight, his name on the marquee, and nobody ever heard of Deontay Wilder. They thought he was a basketball player. Um, you know, so he says, uh, 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 you know, the bottom line is he needs me at the end of the day, unless he doesn't want to unify the titles, unless he wants to stay over on his side of the pond and let people gravitate to him and take and be a fake sign of what he says he is. Uh, but he will never be a global icon. You will never be a worldwide figure without Deontay Wilder. This is him talking. All roads lead to me. Um, he says, uh, 
to be honest, a potential matchup is way off. Um, he says everybody wants to see this fight. The only people that don't are his promoters. They already know how big of a risk that I am. They should be worried, but how long do they really think the public, the fans of boxing, are going to allow them to stay away from me? This is the biggest fight in our era. If they feel that they want to unify, then hey, you got to go through me. All roads lead to Deontay Wilder because I'm going nowhere no time soon. Uh, no one is doing what I'm doing in the heavyweight division. Nobody uh, is, and nobody in history has done what I'm doing. Wow. Um, Boy. I, I, uh, I, you know, I, I, I. He, he reminds me, Sal, of, of, of uh, the Bugs Bunny episode when Bugs, <laughs> when uh, uh, Elmer Fudd is pretending that he's uh, lost his mind so he doesn't go to jail for evading taxes. And uh, when they, <laughs> uh, and they brainwash uh, Bugs Bunny to, because they think he's Elmer Fudd. So he's like, uh, I am Elmer J. Fudd, millionaire. I own a mansion in LA. And then at the end, Elmer J. Fudd goes, I may be crazy, but I'm not going to Alcatraz. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this is Anthony Josh. I mean, uh, this is Deontay is so Wilder. Funny. Deontay Wilder has lost his mind. This guy is delusional. There is no way that Deontay Wilder is more known in the world of boxing even in the world of boxing, uh, but definitely in the sports world, more than Anthony Joshua. And there's no way in hell that Anthony Joshua needs Deontay Wilder more than Deontay Wilder needs Anthony Joshua. You can make an argument that, and I have made this argument, that Deontay Wilder is a fraud. The best fight of his career is yet to come. As a matter of fact, I will give him credit for beating Luis Ortiz, even though a lot of people feel that this fight's a setup, that they gave under-the-table money to Luis Ortiz, uh, not only uh, to avoid him the first time with the so-called uh, uh, steroids when it was in his blood pressure medicine, but that this particular fight is going to be a laydown fight because Luis Ortiz, all he wants is the money. He doesn't care about anything else. He's probably 45 years old in real life. I know they say he's 40. He might even be closer to 50. All those Cuban fighters lie about their age, especially when they had those extended amateur careers over in Cuba, and then they come over and be a pro. Half of them have to lie about their age so people will fight them. The truth of the matter is, is Deontay Wilder is delusional. This guy can... What's your thoughts on this whole situation, Sal? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, it's... Uh... You know, I, I, I respect Deontay Wilder as a fighter, not as a uh, lip service man, because I'll tell you what, that's uh, that's hard to say. I mean, what is his largest purse to date? Two million dollars? How many million dollars? I think slightly under two. All I right, think slightly, slightly under, under two, two million. Anthony Joshua, he, light, he he lights up or signifies a fight. I mean, the guy's not walking out of that arena with less than 20 million dollars. And uh, I think that uh, if I'm off, let me know. But uh I think that uh, this guy's drawing power, his star power, yeah, it's central around, it's centrist around the uh, UK, but he is worldwide, and he is a world champion that needs to uh, be respected as a world champion, because I'll tell you what, if Deontay Wilder thinks he's going to be a pushover and a walkthrough, forget about it. I think Deontay Wilder is going to be having to eat humble pie by uh, 
tasting the, what leather tastes like. He's going to be eating leather. Exactly. He's going to be eating yeah. leather. Is what he's doing. Hold that thought. we got to take a short break. When we come back, uh, we'll give you our final thoughts on delusional fraud man, Deontay Wilder, and uh, some other news. And then uh, i got a bunch of emails to read uh, that we got to catch up on. So uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And don't forget, we want you to be with us in August when we do uh, another Billy C. get-together. This one's going to be huge, huge. We're going to be having a bunch of uh, former champions and uh, other fighters there, as well as some celebs. Uh, We are going to be doing not one, not two, but three days' worth of activities uh, we are going to have some memorabilia available. It, it, listen, it's going to be the best one we've ever done. And uh, we've done quite a few nice ones over the years. Uh, so uh, you don't want to miss this one. Uh, the one little stipulation is you got to be on the list. So you could, you got to drop me an email, Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. And don't forget, uh, it'll be a great vacation for the entire family. So uh, don't think that uh, it just has to be a boy's week out, <laughs> which it could be, but uh, you know what I'm saying. I'm here with my man Sal Rocky Senecola. And Sal, I, I think it's a shame that uh, Deontay Wilder feels this way. And I also read between the lines and, and, you know, feel that this is his way, you know, being advised to try to get interest, um, which there already is plenty of interest. He doesn't need to do this to make himself look like a fool. I just think that he's trying to make some more money out of the deal. I think that, you know, he's trying to beef up his value uh, so that, uh, uh, you know, Team AJ uh, offers him more money. But the simple solution to this would be if Deontay Wilder's people actually had money to offer to AJ to come over, but I don't see them offering any deals. No, they're not going to do that. I mean... Like I said, it, it it should be definitely with a rematch clause. They can come over here. Uh, you know, like I said, AJ, if he wants to, uh, he could definitely come over here. He could fight on in, in Las Vegas. He could fight in Madison Square Garden. He could fight the Barclay with uh, Deontay. It depends on what he feels and how he says. But I, what I'm trying to hint is I think he's more in the driver's seat than Deontay Wilder. 100%. 100%. Yes, yes. And and you want to know something else? I agree that if Deontay Wild, if AJ came here to fight Deontay, no matter where he fought, he would sell out. And if he came over here and fought anybody, he would sell out and draw a big crowd. He doesn't need to fight Deontay Wilder to draw crowds. He got 90,000 people to fight a slug. I mean, Deontay Wilder has never drawn that many people. I, it's 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 ludicrous, as Mike Tyson would say, for Deontay Wilder to even consider or even think that he's in any kind of a driver's seat. He's in a he's in a child's driver's seat. He's he's in a trunk, man. He ain't in no he's driver's in seat. He's in a booster. Yeah, he's in a hey, booster seat. But listen, I, I I can understand, 
And first of all, I don't know if anybody's feeding Deontay Wilder this or if this is coming from uh, from him himself. But the bottom line is, if he's trying to create interest, stimulate a, a bigger check or so somehow, some way, I, I don't think there's a way to do it because he does sound a little foolish. We all know, the people know, the fans know that um, Anthony Joshua is uh, the big man in the heavyweight division that everybody else is going to try and beat and take down the totem pole. But the bottom line is, Anthony Joshua could make big money, could make big things happen for Deontay Wilder. And even if Deontay Wilder looks respectful in losing a fight against Anthony Joshua, he'll never see just $2 million again. I've said that many, many times. If Deontay Wilder fights Anthony Joshua in England, and you're 100% right, obviously they could have a rematch clause if the fight was competitive, et cetera, et cetera. But if, if Deontay goes over and fights uh, AJ... He, he he should accept the deal that was on the table for him. Seven Absolutely. million plus he gets to keep the uh, US TV rights. Um, he will never fight for less than five million dollars again, even if he loses. He's so stupid. This this is what I don't understand. You know, he's listening to the to the BS that his team is telling him, and you know, he's so dumb that he doesn't even see that he's actually you know, tripping over millions of dollars to save a few pennies. It's a joke. And, and I and I honestly and sincerely feel sorry for Deontay Wilder. He's being taken advantage of. This guy is Toro from Harder Day Fall, 100%. And the poor bastard's going to end up being broke. You watch. Well, you know, you say some big things there. I, I, I think he he portrays a little better fighter than, than what we saw in Toro. But... Uh, uh, same scenario on, on a lot of levels, but nobody. Wait, really, wait, wait, hold I on. Let me let me ask you a question. Go ahead. H how? Tell me how he he portrays himself as a better fighter than Toro when you got to admit there's no one on his resume that's impressive. The only thing that's impressive is how he knocks these you know punching bags out. But but I mean, couldn't any decent heavyweight do the same? Decent heavyweight, majority of the heavyweights that are decent should be able to do just that. And uh, I I can't really say that uh, he has been fed fodder. I mean, he, he definitely has knockout power, and we definitely know how he fights with his style. It is unorthodox. And I'll tell you what, and like I said, the foundation of what I claim, you know, I, I – it's not going to be a sure win for either fighter, Anthony Joshua or Deontay Wilder. I, I, I feel there's a looming uh, sense that um, Deontay Wilder does have a style that Anthony Joshua has not seen yet. I don't think he's a slam dunk in either one-way scenario. It's not going to be, but it's going to be a great fight. And to think that Deontay Wilder is in the driver's seat to have this fight uh, outlined by him alone – Forget about it. It's not. It's going to take two. And Deontay Wilder is the lesser known of the two uh, champions. And Anthony Joshua, deservingly so, should be the one dictating most of the, uh, the, uh, the stipulations here as far as what they're going to have to do to jump over the hurdles to get to the fight day. Bottom line is AJ doesn't need Deontay Wilder. No, he doesn't. If, he doesn't. if, if Anthony Joshua beats... Uh, Joseph Parker in March, like I think he will, like I know he will. Um, it's all about it's all about 
uh, Deontay Wilder uh, stepping up and fighting Anthony Joshua. End of story. But what bothers me the most about this delusional quotes that he's begging to get in front of the cameras, in front of the scribes, is the fact that he says that this fight's a long way off, uh, which gives an indication that uh, they're going to play games. So we're not going to see this fight. We all had hope that, you know, we had such a great year in 2017 in the sport of boxing. We all hoped that it was going to keep running, uh, you know, uh, solidly in 2018, which it, it, we do we do appear to have some nice fights on the horizon. So I, I do I am happy about what so far 2018 looks for the sport of boxing. But make no mistake, we were all dreaming about having a unification between AJ and Deontay Wilder uh, sometime this year. Don't count on it. Uh, it looks like uh, it's not even going to be in the discussion till probably mid next year, which is too long. Like I've always yeah. said, Sal, uh, you know, a, a huge fights should be made right away because there'll be another huge fight right after it. We don't need this so-called marination process. I'm sorry, we don't. No, and I agree with you on this level, yes. But I, I'm telling you, just like we, we hear of uh, a fight not happening or a fight happening, I'm telling you right now, that's what's happening here. And we're going to see this fight this year. We're going to see Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. This fight's going to take place in 2018. And just like when you think it's going to be doom and gloom nowhere on the horizon, boom, it's going to be, oh, they're in serious negotiations. It should be announced shortly. That's what's going to happen. I know it. And here's the thing that I'm concerned, more concerned about. You suggested that nobody's really looking out for Deontay Wilder on this level. Okay. How many more years, how many years does a fighter really have in his career? And especially if he is self-proclaimed or on top of the game or number one, what he really needs to be doing is talking to a career advisor or somebody better be looking out for him. Because even if he has two or three years left at this level and as a so-called world champion, uh, the greatest of the world, they got to look at it. And the natural layup would be to go over to fight Anthony Joshua Get the largest payday in your life, have a rematch clause, and have another big payday, and you know, a couple couple more fights, and you're out, you're out, you're out in the horizon, uh, grazing gold. Um, I mean, we got to look at it. If he if he looks respectful, as we suggest or think he can do in a fight, it's going to be a good rematch incentive, and also I think that uh, the payday is going to be more money. He can make more money. In these two fights with Anthony Joshua, than he can for the remaining years of his life, of his career of boxing. No End of story. You're right, and that's how stupid he is. You know, well, and, 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 and it's a shame because his career advisors, all being the uh, the the people that they are. I mean, do the math. You got the promotional uh, uh, take on it. You got the managerial take on it. You got the, the 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 training take on it. I mean, his team should really be centered around and say, Hey, guess what? This is where we're going to go. This is the money. This is the direction. And we'll see if our man can step up to the plate and do what he's got to do. And uh, But we got two fights here, and we can all retire after these two fights. Right. Bingo. It, it, the they're bingo using, Why don't I say bingo? They're using him, and they're taking advantage of him because he's stupid. And the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, when as much as I didn't like the fighters that take that path, of, hey, I only want to fight once a year, but I want to fight for way more money. That's the smarter financial way to move. You know, I mean, like you said, he's in a position 
to make $20 million roughly for two fights against Anthony Joshua. He'd have to fight 10 fights against the bums that he usually fights. And quite honestly, even though they're punching bags, even though we all know that he's going to knock the bums out, he still could get caught. And, and I, I'm convinced he's got a weak chin and a weak midsection. And all that $20 million could go down the toilet in a second. So uh, a big mistake. Let me take a short break here. Uh, then we will uh, read some emails. So don't go anywhere. Billy C. will be right back. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C., the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. Undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's talking boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at billycboxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, I'm here with my main man, Sal Rocky Senecola, and uh, we are uh, finishing up discussing uh, the fraud known as uh, Deontay Wilder. Uh, there's no need for marination. The A.J. Wilder fight is ready to take place. So uh, moving on, because I got a bunch of emails to read, Sal. Um, first and foremost, uh, uh, there is uh, a fight was announced uh, at Madison Square Garden for uh, St. Paddy's Day, March 17th. Uh, featuring uh, a world title fight. The vacant uh, WBC junior welterweight title is on the line, and Jose Ramirez will be taking on Ramiro Oman, uh, which I think is a, a pretty uh, evenly matched fight, and it ought Good to be fight. pretty interesting. But the other part of this uh, uh, matchup, once again, puts uh, Bob Arum up against Don King. Bob Arum's fighter is Jose Ramirez, and uh, Ramiro Oman uh, works with Don King. So we'll see what happens there. Any thoughts on that? No, I think it's a great confrontation. A good should be a good, entertaining fight, and may the best man win. And whenever you have a Don King or a Bob Arum, those are the two top guns that I remember the first names we heard as far as promotional outfits. And then, of course, main events popped up, and everything else came after. Can you believe it's been seven years since the two of those guys co-promoted uh, an event? The last one was when uh, uh, Miguel Cotto. Um, was on uh, uh, a card uh, that uh, when he fought Ricardo Mayorga, Mayorga being Don King's guy back in 2011. So uh, uh, it's uh, it's been a while, but uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, and they've been in a fight game for over 50 years. That's incredible, right there. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, even guys that hated, even promoters that hated each other, like these two, work together. That's one thing that yeah, they the do. promoters of today should uh, should learn from. Uh, these two Hall of Famers. But, they're uh, masters. They're masters. Anyway, Roy Jones Jr., um, another uh, future Hall of Famer, uh, all-time great. Uh, he fights uh, his last fight tonight. Uh, he's going into the uh, uh, Cruiserweight match uh, uh, with his uh, uh, opponent, who's uh, Scott Sigmund, who's got a record of 30 wins, 11 losses, and a draw, with 16 wins coming by knockout. Uh, Scott Sigmund has never fought uh, at the cruiserweight level. 
Um, by the looks of uh, the weigh-in photos and stuff, it doesn't look like Scott Sigmund uh, could uh, uh, win uh, win a fight against uh, you or me, but uh, that's besides the point. Uh, Roy Jones Jr., 65 wins, 9 losses, 47 coming by knockout. Uh, for all the uh, uh, young boxing fans that uh, have been suffering through, uh, Roy Jones uh, just continuing his career for the last decade plus, um, I feel for you because you haven't seen what all the hubbub's about uh, with Roy Jones Jr. Uh, was a, a spectacular fighter spectacular. Uh, years ago, uh, but uh, far from it today. Don't know why he's uh, uh, even doing it, but uh, hopefully this truly will be uh, his last fight. Uh, he's going to be 50 years old this year, and um, it's definitely time for him to hang up. Yeah, I agree. But uh, then again, you know me, I'm ready to look, look, uh, look for another comeback. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> stupid. But uh, it's stupid like the hey, Wilder. Hey, I didn't it's say stupid. it wasn't. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. You didn't. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, a couple emails. First one from my man, Joel. He says, hey, Billy C., tonight, Roy Jones Jr.'s uh, retirement fight. Uh, it'll be broadcast on UFC Fight Pass. At the weigh-ins, he clearly looked old and out of shape, like a guy who was fighting as if he needs the money. Uh, Stott oh, wow. Sigmund, I, which incidentally, I think is the case. I know he makes uh, good money with HBO, uh, but he also uh, uh, pisses a lot of it away. So uh, um, I do believe he's doing it for the money as well. Um, we know how much he's making. No, I, and he can't be making too much. No, he can't be making too much. Yeah. But uh, he's got to be making a couple hundred thousand, if not a million. I don't know. You know? I don't, no way. I don't think so. Okay. No way. Who's gonna pay him that? How's he gonna How's he gonna get that kind of money? Where's that money gonna get generated? UFC Fight Pass didn't throw him that much money to fight. Who True. wants him to fight? You know, in order to make that kind of money, does you, you got to be in a desirable interest. fight? You know, he's probably making he's probably not making anything. He's probably making fifty grand at that. I was gonna say fifty grand. Yeah, wow. if that, I bet she's not even making that. Honestly, I bet she's making twenty five. Oh. Really, um, I, you know, it's sad. He's got nothing to prove. Well, he's, you know what? That's sad. You just said that. Here's a guy that fought for millions of dollars, and if he's just come stepping in the ring for twenty five thousand or something like that, well, that's hard. That says it right there. I mean, it's not even a, you know, when you think about the fight itself, it's not even a fight. Like he's not getting his seventieth win or his hundredth win. I mean, it's not even a. You know, right now he's sitting on a 65-win record. You know, so what's he going to have, 66? I mean, what what does that do for him? I, I, don't, know. I don't know. Anyway, um, Joel says uh, um, Scott Sigmund uh, never fought a cruiserweight, so my assumption is it's going to be an easy uh, fight for Roy Jones. Do you and Sal really see this as Jones Jr.'s last fight? I'd say Jones Jr. is about 14 or 15 years past his prime. The guy's 49, has nothing left to offer unless he thinks he's still in demand at small venues and high school gyms. Uh, but with his HBO gig, it's really not necessary. I hope he hangs it up uh, after tonight and focuses on other business ventures, along with doing the play-by-play for HBO. I'd rather see him be able to pronounce names and words when working for HBO and not suffer any more brain damage than he already has. Your thoughts on all of this? And were you and Sal huge fans of Roy Jones when he was in his prime? Um, well, one thing I will say about this final fight, it is in Pensacola. That is his hometown. Um, you know, what he's trying to justify the fight is saying he, he's giving it to his, you know, hometown fans, uh, one more performance. Um, 
I agree that he's uh, clearly uh, way past his prime, uh, and Joel might be 100% correct, 14 years, 15 years. I'm not a big fan of him on HBO anymore at all. Uh, I think he's run his course. I'd like to see him just ride off into the sunset, maybe focus on his promotional company. I don't know. Um, I don't see any... uh, you know, I don't see any signs of brain damage from him, uh, and I agree with Joel that he should uh, get out while he can. Um, and I was a huge fan of his in his prime. What about you, Sal? Well, I concur with you on all those levels. I mean, the guy was incredible. I mean, he he could do it all as a fighter, and he did. He uh, he had uh, climbed the mountain. He stayed up there, and then he uh, gracefully came down and uh, uh he's found other things i mean here he is with hbo i mean that's a that's a gig that any retired fighter would would welcome that opportunity and uh so i think you know he's in a driver's seat on that level and he could uh, designate the direction of his career and but i'll tell you what bill on the other side and the other side of the coin i mean i can empathize with him there is no no greater feeling that uh, that you get or high than than, than preparing yourself and getting into the squared circle for another fight, and uh, it's just—it's just something, you know. You you can't come up with a reason. It's just what's driven in you, what's embedded in you. Which is sometimes and I'm not saying every fighter, but I'm just saying it's it's something that you know maybe he wants to revisit. Maybe he just wants to get the one more time because he feels he can. And you know he's looking at all these fighters up there doing the color commentary and all that. And he, he, as a frustrated or former world champion, I'm sure he's saying, well, I could do that, or this is going to happen, or I should be able to do that. And so he, he's believing in that, and he wants one more time to do it. And uh, that's that's pretty much maybe it, you know? Well, if you, if, you, if you really think you could still do it, then you fight a, a, a contender and show you can do it and work your way up. He's not even trying to do that, so what's the point? Yeah, and, and, yeah, the, and, and the yeah truth, you're right. And the you're truth, right. the you're truth, right. But the truth of the matter is, is this guy Scott Sigmund could land a shot that that hurts yes. Roy Jones. So he's take the risk isn't worth the reward. That's all. But uh, well, and you just said it, or I, in simple terms too, risk reward or prize worth the price. Yeah, That's I, it. I mean, you know, he can make more money sitting at ringside on HBO blabbering like he always does, saying nothing. But uh, whatever. Another email. Thanks for the email, Joel. This one's from my man Mitch. This one was the one I couldn't get to yesterday. This is a good one. Check it out. Uh, it's a long one. He says, it's concerning HBO. And the other day we were talking about HBO and Showtime and, and you know, uh, is HBO dead? He says, uh, Billy C., don't bury HBO yet. I think they're playing a game of chess. AJ's contract with Showtime expires after this fight. This kid, you know, and this is a really good point because it was no, something I totally. And, and some, Mitch is right. So, I mean, I, they play chess on that level. Yeah, yes. but listen, listen, it was like I, this was something I totally, totally overlooked when I was being critical of HBO the other day. Even though I am still critical of them, they haven't produced. But uh, Mitch is 100% right. Showtime had one more fight for Anthony Joshua, and they are getting uh, the luxury of broadcasting a great one, a unification fight. But anyway. This is uh, AJ's contract with Showtime expires after this fight. This kid's gonna, uh, this kid is gonna be a millionaire if he keeps a billionaire. I'm sorry, if he keeps winning, I think HBO is saving money not only to go after the Wilder fight, but when AJ becomes a free agent, next work, ne- the networks are gonna throw the house money at him uh, for his fights. 
Keep in mind, Eddie Hearn has already crossed over by getting Danny Jacobs and Baby Miller to jump from Showtime to HBO. Who cares about Baby Miller? Jarrell Miller's another fraud. Actually, him and uh, Deontay should fight. But anyway, we could have it the battle of the frauds. Um, no, I didn't say uh, we, we should have the battle of the Chevys, not the frauds. Oh, no, wait, that's frauds. <laughs> You're um, <funny> but, <laughs> but anyway, he says... Uh, uh, AJ Hearn's a guy, and if HBO wins the bid, they'll be back. Why? Because a bunch of UK guys uh, will follow AJ due to Hearn's deal. Amir Khan, Scott Quigg, James DeGale, Kel Brook, Anthony Cruller, uh, Ryan Burnett, Dillian White, Calvin Smith, Ryan Kelly, who's going to be a star, etc. All are Eddie Hearn's guys. AJ will pave the way for these guys. Why won't they go to Showtime? Why won't they go to the Showtime route? I'll kind of answer it with my next point. The World Boxing Super Series has been fantastic. We all wish US TV would have picked this up. Here's why the two big uh, networks didn't. One, Richard Chaffin burned bridges at HBO a few years ago with his criticisms of Ken Hirschman, and he continues to badmouth them for not making the fights that he felt should be made. So HBO was going to deal with Schaefer. By the way, Kenny Hirschman's gone. So um, He says, uh, as far as... Uh, uh, Showtime, it boils down to a couple of things. Schaefer's relationship with Heyman isn't as sweet as in the past uh, because in the business, what goes around comes around. Schaefer and Heyman used Oscar years ago and used Savvy to steal fighters away from Golden Boy. Uh, years later, at some point, Schaefer and Heyman realized that they were using each other too. Since the time, uh, since the time buy money has been uh, spent up, Al Heyman are, has now... Uh, all of Showtime's dates, which occasionally, with occasional Fox or CBS cards mixed in, but it's primarily Showtime. Right, because this is the guy that stole all those other people's money and it didn't work. Al Heyman's, Al Heyman's a crook. Everybody that thinks that Al Heyman's good for boxing uh, doesn't really know what this guy's doing. I mean, he's a snake. He's ruining these fighters' careers. He gets some big paydays, but only one every couple of years. Talk to some of these guys that signed with him that is still signed that haven't fought in two years. And there's quite a few of them. Anyway, um, he says uh, oh, he says the same thing right here. He says, Al Heyman has too many fighters uh, that he promotes, advises, whatever, whatever the hell he's going to do. So he's not going to give up his Showtime dates to Schaefer, especially since none of his fighters were in the WBSS because they don't have the you-know-whats to be in a f uh, series like that. Uh, he says, so uh, Showtime was out of options too. No Showtime, no HBO. So then he probably looked at ESPN. While they appear to be all in for boxing, they are the new kid on the block and signing exclusive deals with Golden Boy and Top Rank. Uh, they put their eggs into those budgets. Which, uh, you know, when you think about that, that's ESPN is a corporate conglomerate, and they went with the two big promoters that are more well-known here in the States, being Golden Boy and Top Rank. Uh, so you could see why they did that, and that makes a hell of a lot of sense, man. I, I'm I, no matter what, Sal. We got to bring Mitch to our next uh, yeah uh, event because he's a knowledgeable guy. That's for sure. Uh, plus, sure I think I might owe him a dinner or something. I don't know. Um, or I think we were gonna bet on something. I don't know. But uh, anyway, he says. Uh, um, uh, what we're left with was Schaefer possibly finding another U.S. channel to get the World Boxing Super Series on and probably throwing the towel in. I think if they do it again, he'll get a U.S. deal. <laughs> Whoever, Listen, I'm surprised that he doesn't tie up a, a U.S. deal right now for the final for the Cruiserweight division. I'm shocked that, that uh, HBO doesn't put their differences aside and bring them on. 
you know, because uh, HBO has worked with people that they didn't work with in the past. Just look at Mayweather and Mike Tyson. They both ended up fighting on HBO after both of those fighters screwed uh, HBO and went to Showtime. So m- money fixes a lot of things, boys and girls. Uh, he says, as yes, far as the WBSS, the final four cruises had a record of 83-0 and with 68 knockouts. These guys uh, fought and weren't afraid to lose their O. And that's what I love the most about the World Boxing Super Series and why I'm, I'm embarrassed that the American fighters didn't take that risk as well. He says, you guys hit it on the head thir- uh, yesterday. Keith Thurman is getting passes that Kell Brook didn't when it comes to Errol Spence. Thurman fights once a year and then comes up with a car accident, no police report, micro tears, no, no x-rays, tendon issues, etc. Uh, he fought once per year over the past two years and twice per year two years before that. Put Heyman's guys in the WBSS tournament and they'll all pull out. Strange thing, each round guys advance in World Boxing Super Series, they get more money. The super middleweight payout is different from the cruiserweight. The winner... Wow. He says the winner between Yusik and Gaziov will not only be the undisputed champion, but they're going to get up to $10 million. That's on top wow. of what they already won. In the super middleweight portion of the World Boxing Super Series, you get a million dollars as a quarterfinalist, two and a half as a semifinalist, and four as a finalist. And guess what? Wow. Those are the losers' purses in each round. The overall winner will get $8 million plus whatever he has won in the prior rounds. You think Broner, Thurman, Spence, Kid Chocolate, or Robert Easter Jr. made $8 million? How about the $2.5 million they lose uh, in a semifinal fight? Uh, I hope they pick the key weight classes next time, and we'll see who wants in and who doesn't. Something tells me the puppet master won't allow these guys to make some legit money. Lastly, what makes this better than the Super 6 is fighters weren't dropping in and out left and right. Darrell gets a pass. Glenn Johnson and Alan Green replaced Taylor and Mikhail Kessler. It became a mess. And the Super 6 took, two, Super Six took over two years to complete. It ran from 2009 to 2011. Um, Mitch, love the email. Keep it up. Great. I agree with uh, everything he said here, Sal. And uh, we talked about the Super Six yesterday uh, taking so long. The World Boxing Super Series is going to be over this year. Uh, I love the WBSS. And, um, I, you know, I, I really hope that a U.S. television uh, network picks it up, picks up the final, and then moves forward. I would love to see it in a major uh, division like we spoke about yesterday. Uh, whether it being in the uh, uh, middleweight or welterweight or even heavyweight. But the problem is, once again, you won't have the U.S. fighters willing to take the risk. And that bothers me, Sal. When you have these guys all in the cruiserweight division in this World Boxing Super Series, all of the fighters went into this tournament with titles. Uh, well, at least the guys that are were in the semifinals all had titles. And they all knew that they were going to risk the title for the uh, for the end result. That's what the American fighters don't seem willing to do because it's a smokescreen. Just like Deontay Wilder saying that uh, AJ needs him. It's a smokescreen. I don't understand it because in boxing it's very simple. Step in the ring, fight the guy, and show you the best. End of story. End of story. And like we, we often said, tournament styles and tournaments you know they do weed out and do prove to be a heck of a way to groom and to 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 hone in and to have an ultimate champion and you know it's is is it the finite is it the definitive way to go about uh getting a a super champion 
I I don't know, but you know, look comparatively to where we are today, with everybody uh, uh, having all these belts around, everything else. Why not? You know, um, but as we're saying this, I can never imagine a Keith Thurman or even even a Triple G for that matter wanting to partake in a tournament like this, only because they are on their outside with their with their negotiations and their dictation of when they fight, who they fight, and how much they get during a fight. And there's too many fighters out there that want to continue along that pathway and no no disrespect to them and not saying that that's incorrect or wrong. So when you look at fighters that possibly want to have a name or get in a spotlight or be worldwide known or something, then they toss their hat in a ring and say, hey, Let's try the Super Series or let's try this tournament. Let's try that. And I could do it. And, you know, so it is for a different different breed. And uh, you could make an argument for both sides of the coin. I think ultimately, like you suggest, it's a great way to see who really is the confident, the, the fighter that can hone in uh, and show us what he's all about. It's fantastic. And but there are those fighters there that feel they don't need it and feel that they are better off without it, whether it's due to uh, fear or, or of losing their status or or whatever else. No, you're listen. You're 100 percent right. You know uh, these tournaments. Uh, you know they. Uh, no other way to say it. They separate the the pretenders from the contenders. I mean, let's be real. You know, just to have the balls to sign the paper. You know, um, it shows the difference of the mindset. And I'm sorry. You know, people don't listen to what I say. It's not that I dislike the American fighters because I think we have a slew of very, very extremely talented fighters here in the United States. Of course we do. You know, Uh, but when they don't, when they're not willing to put up or shut up, you gotta, you gotta put a little asterisk there. You know, it's the same thing with Deontay Wilder. Listen, my big hang-up with fighters like Deontay is they pound their chest, they jump up on the ropes, they scream and yell at the fans, they say they're the best. This guy's saying he's the best ever. This guy's saying that nobody in the history of the heavyweight division has ever yeah, done I, what I he's like doing. That. You know, and and they can't back it up. It's like the bully in the schoolyard who says how tough he is and you never seen him in a fight. You know, the truth of the matter is, is boxing is easy to get the accolades. All you got to do is step in the ring. Step in you the know, ring and I, fight. I, Let your fist fly. That's it. People, you know, people will love you or hate you, but either way, they're going to talk about you. The truth of the matter <laughs> is, is that, um, you know, we got, uh, we got one uh, uh, guy in, in Floyd Mayweather that was successful at at maneuvering his career the way he did. Let it be. There's only one Floyd Mayweather Jr. All these other fighters are trying to copy him. Listen, I got two more emails real quick um, that I wanted to uh, get to here, Sal. Uh, One I'm going to read right now. Then we're going to get Dax to come on and give us his thoughts on the World Boxing Super Series. Then I got another one uh, that we're going to close with. Um, This one's from uh, my man uh, uh, Angel. Uh, from Madison, Wisconsin. He says, Hola, Senor C. and Sal. This is Angel from Madison, Wisconsin. I got to give it up for Showtime getting ahead of HBO for the big fights. I personally am not up on HBO and its current roster and lack of focus. If you and Sal become HBO advisors, what changes would you make? Um, 
first thing I would do is get a new broadcast team. I, I, you know, I think uh, Jim Lampley has run its course. Max Kellerman has, uh, I thought he was going to really uh, become the heir apparent to Jim Lampley, but um, he seems to be slipping, and Roy Jones Jr. is done. That would be the first thing I would do. Second thing I would do would be to make sure that I, I had enough budget in place to get the fights. Go back to, to the beginning. HBO used to only put on the best fights. They focused on the flyweight division. I think it was a mistake. What about you, Sal? I think it's a good thing to do. I, You know, I as much as I've, I, I've loved listening to Jim Lampley through the years, I think he is, is the uh, face of HBO boxing, and uh, I think that uh, he – has has had his place. I, I, is he slipping now? And did he say things? Has he become a, a corporate guy in a sense? And and now he has the handcuffs on, possibly. Um, and Max uh, Kellerman, the same thing. You know, I think that um, you know he was on a good path. He was going to be the heir apparent, and he still may be because we don't know what HBO's doing. But he does he does overchomp the bit a little bit, and he says some outlandish things. I think, and uh, I. Um, I, I don't know if he really will fit that mold. But then again, Bill, we're looking from the outside as boxing guys looking in. They're looking on a corporate level of what the masses of the public and the fans are going to be introduced to or seeing. Time out. Gentlemen. Time out. You made a great point right there. But here's here's the problem. They're looking at the people that are that are taking that data. And, and are trying to make educated uh, guesses or, or, or uh, mapping out a strategy, aren't looking at the right stuff. They're not looking at it from a fight fan's perspective. And there's where the problem lies. I think that it's pretty obvious when you see guys that come on that nobody's heard of with an O on their record that the people making the decision don't know. And that's a big... Uh, that's a big negative. We're going to have to take a break here. But the other thing I wanted to mention um, about Jim Lampley is he's lost the ability to qualify. He, he, he waits for the punch stats to come in. One last thing Angel says here is, hey, Sal, can you give me your secret recipes so I can treat my girlfriend for a nice home-cooked Italian minute meal for uh, Valentine's Day? Um, I, I wow. tell you what, Sal, that, <coughs> that's up to you. Uh, if you want, I will email you um, uh, basically... You know what? Do this, Angel. Go up to uh, uh, go up to uh, 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 Sal's website, salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com, and email Sal, and uh, he will uh, maybe let one or two of your recipes slide. Will you do that for this kid? Tell him. Tell him. He. You can even forward to to him my email. Let him put in the subject line. Uh, Billy C fan or something like that, and and uh, let him look on my menu. And uh, if I can, I will look at his email and I will give him a recipe of whatever dish he thinks he wants to try. Sounds like a plan. Uh, Angel from Madison, Did Wisconsin. I really say that? Angel from Madison, Wisconsin. I'm going to forward you Sal's email. I'm going to copy you and uh, you guys can work it out. I'm going to take a short break. When we come back, we're scheduled to have Dax Khan give us his thoughts on the World Boxing Super Series. All of that's coming up in about two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. 
Now back to Talking Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an excellence in broadcasting award, but the night's still young. And he's got martinis. So you never know what may be by morning. By morning. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And uh, we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. You know, we've been talking a lot about the World Boxing uh, Super Series and how great it's been. I mean, it, it just seems like every fight is better than the previous one. Well, joining us right now to give us his thoughts, who's also a big fan of the World Boxing Super Series, uh, is our uh, very own Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Hey, good morning. Morning, Dax. What do you think, my man? Tell me, I, I can every time we talk about the World Boxing Super Series, it's like we see a fight. It's like, oh my God, that was a great fight. Then the next one comes, and it's even better. You know, I mean, I can't. I mean, what? I'm I'm scared to think what the final is going to be like, right? It's absolutely. I am. You know, um, really, with with the sport, and uh, ever since uh, the Usyk and Breedis fight. I really started looking at all the headlines, not only on this show, but on other uh, media sites, um, what fans say on social media. And, you know, then I, it actually made me read your book again. You know, I read it, you know, from cover to cover, from, you know, from Alex, you know, our blast from the past man's uh, foreword, you know, to everything you wrote in there about Tom Allenall, uh, you know, to, to, to my epilogue. And it really made me think about this sport and the World Boxing Super Series as a whole. And just thinking about, you know, there's a part at the end of that book where I said, you know something, the sport, you know, it makes this turnaround and these same mistakes are being made over and over again. And in boxing, we continuously doubt and everything's become a sell job, as you guys have spoken about that earlier today on the show, uh, whether or not, you know, uh, with Deontay Wilder selling, um, uh, talking about this weekend or last weekend's fights, you know, uh, with Gilberto Ramirez, how they continuously sold him during his fight. They would say stuff about how Gilberto Ramirez, nobody throws as many punches as him in all of boxing, but meanwhile, they forget about David Benavidez, no matter who would win or lose between the two of them. That's a guy that throws twice as many punches as Ramirez. But, you know, the World Boxing Super Series, when it came out, Bill, we spoke. Um, I don't mean South spoke. You know, we, we were questioning. You know, we have the cruiserweight division, the super middleweight division. You know, we got um, it's the tournament bracket. We're questioning how it's going to compare to how the super six was. But then, you know, you got 16 uh, fighters, you got seven belts, six world champions combined, 423 uh -huh. wins, 17 losses, 294 KOs. Um, it almost seemed too good to be true. And, and where were the hitches going to come in? You know, and then, of course, uh, the Richard Schaefer factor came in there. You know, how is this going to play out with Richard Schaefer? And then Sourland Promotions, you know, the company that's been criticized for by U.S. media, U.S.-based fans for their Nordic fight nights and for um, uh, promoting females in, in main events, you know, which are similar to. Uh, the Broadway boxing uh, rock and fights uh, a lot now a lot of the promoters all of a sudden they're promoting these female fighters uh, you know and the tournament you know it gives two divisions that needed a lot of attention uh, the super middleweights and the, uh, the the cruiserweights it needed a lot of attention you know um, you know and here it just seems to be more controversy than substance people here are talking about Floyd Mayweather uh, posting a short video getting into a cage but meanwhile these guys are doing something special and you're right Bill as every fight passes this tournament gets more exciting um, and and each one of these guys that are in there questions are being answered on them we found out you know how was a guy like uh, you 
Junior Dortico is going to deal with guys once he was able to get in there and show uh, something like we questioned on Rigandau when he was going to be able to show against these top guys willing to fight him what was going to happen. Uh, Dortico's, you know, an exciting puncher. He goes in there and all of a sudden, you know, we find out that Dortico's, despite being an exciting puncher, he falls into uh, the same category a lot of uh, big punchers have in the past. Once he gets past that fourth round, all of a sudden, you know what? He fades out. Uh, you know, Gassiev, a guy who people question, how good is this guy really? You know, in back-to-back -back fights, he comes to the United States in New Jersey and he puts on a sensational performance against uh, 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 Vlodzak and then he goes back there and then he stops uh, Dortico's. Uh, same thing for Usyk. Here's a guy, 15 pro fights he's had five or six of them on the road, even as the world champion. You know, he's come to the United States. He, uh, he's traveling to uh, La, La, La Vida, you know, to every place, you know, he's a traveling champion. You got Groves and you got Eubank, you got Cox, you got all these guys are out there looking to prove they're the best. You know, there is no selling. These guys are out there trying to prove they're the best, win, lose, or draw. And, you know, the only bad part that really we have been able to give to that here in the United States is that there's no US TV. Uh, a guy earlier on spoke about um, Richard Schaefer and burning his bridges and um, the problems with Golden Boy and that, but what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, some Richard Schaefer was actually the brains behind Golden Boy promotions. You know, dealing with them in a media standpoint, Bill, you should know that, you know, Oscar De La Hoya was more worried about Canelo and still is as far as the rest of the company. It doesn't matter what happened. Uh, not only with him, but, uh, you know, uh, 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 Romero Gonzalez, a lot of guys there you know, Richard Schaefer's the guy that really made that run. And when uh, he started taking these fighters and people were mad at him saying he's stealing these fighters. So what's he do? He joins up with Sourland Promotions and they put this on. You know, now all of a sudden it's starting to show that everything that we're criticizing, not on just this show, but everybody else is criticizing about boxing in the United States is coming true because all of a sudden now every fighter from every place outside of Terrence Crawford and outside of um, Errol Spence is from every place else but the United States. Everybody, your topic of your show today, you have Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. They're sitting there and uh, fighting over who's get the bigger purse. You know what? Just get it on. Be Claim that you're, you are the best. Prove you're the best. And then all of a sudden, you know what? You are going to be that A-side. And that's what everybody in this tournament's going to be. Once you know, but that's what all these winners are going to be. And then now they already have plans for the second one. And when you look at all the top names in the United States outside of Errol Spence, outside of uh, Keith Thurman, and outside of Terrence Crawford. Can you name to me any fighters, even if they're based here in the United States, that are U.S.-born fighters? No. And one thing I want to add, the World Boxing Super Series losers have gained more value in their careers. <coughs> Excuse me. And I agree with you 100% that Richard Schaefer is no dummy. And this is the guy that was the brainchild behind Golden Boy. And, uh, you know, he's moving forward. I'm telling you that the success of the World Boxing Super Series with the cruiserweight division and the super middleweight division, and I said this the other day, the reason why they picked those is because I think that they had a better pool of fighters willing to work. I think now there's going to be a lot of pressure. If he announced, if he announced that he wants to do a World Boxing Super Series on the welterweights or on the heavyweights or the middleweights, that puts a lot of pressure based on the success of the, the, the one that's going on now on all of these current champions because you know as well as I do that uh, Keith Thurman and, and you know uh, the guys we mentioned the other day in the welterweight division uh, probably wouldn't take that risk. You know Keith Thurman wouldn't. Maybe Errol Spence would, 
But, uh, you know, it makes you wonder who would be taking that risk. I know Errol Spence would. I know Kel Brook would. I know Sean Porter would. But Keith Thurman wouldn't. Would Danny Garcia? I mean, it, I think it puts a lot of pressure on him. What do you think? But even if they would, and I believe that there probably were fighters from here that were willing and wanted to step into that. But you know something? They had those handcuffs put on them by their promoters that would not allow them to do that. And, and that's the problem is these promoters aren't allowing them to do that and, you know, to go out there and take this chance or the promoters are filling their head up saying, no, you're worth more. You know what? Go out there. You know what the purse is. You know who your opponents are. There's no need to marinate. There's no need to negotiate. This is how it's going to be. You know what the time frame is. Go out there. You can do this. You, you know, you're able to scout your opponents. You, you can, uh, you know, th there are no secrets. Everything's out in the open. You're being promoted on top of your promoter. This is a win-win for you, no matter what. You already know what you're going to get. I, I don't see why everybody's not jumping on this. They're actually asking the fans what divisions would they like next. And if they did do the welterweights, let's uh, let's say, I can't see any of these promoters from here in the United States allowing any of these welterweights to uh, go in there. And I do believe an Errol Spence would definitely want to go in there. I believe a Danny Garcia would want to go in there. But I don't see Heyman letting him go in there. Uh, somebody spoke about the relationship with Heyman and, and uh, Richard Schaefer and Richard Schaefer and HBO. Richard Schaefer, more or less... He walked away from me because, you know what, he's doing what he wanted to do here without these politics. You know, like I said, you know, when I read that book and I'm thinking about, you know something, back then Tom Molyneux, the champion of America, had to go over to England to fight the world champion Tom Cripp. And you know something, Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford, arguably, again, the pound-for-pound -pound top fighter in the sport went overseas to make their name. They come back here, and you know something? They're given obstacles. Errol Spence came back here. He should have had the Thurman fight. You know, he's being danced around. He's giving more excuses. Um, Terrence Crawford, he fights all comers. Uh, he moves up a division, and, you know, all of a sudden he's willing to, you know, kind of reboot. Okay, you know what? Now i got to prove myself in another division. But we don't have a lot of these guys here. Uh, Bob Arum, he's in his 80s. He's on his way out. You know, so, so really... You know, what's going to happen if, th if this trend continues? I'm telling you, you know something? America is going to build, Sal, in my opinion. This, you know, once again, the quality of boxing in this country is going to drop to a level where the only fights that we get and that we see are going to be ones that are force-fed and shoved down people's throats and are going to be the ones like these situations with Wilder, like situations with a Mayweather and Pacquiao with these year-long drag-outs. It's going to, you know, you're going to be begging if you're a true fan, you're going to be begging for all this stuff from other countries. The um, Superfly 2 is coming up. You look at that Superfly 2 tournament, and look how many guys are in that tournament that are arguably in the top 15 pound for pound. You know, you have Anui, you have um, uh, Juan Francisco Estrada, you have in there um, Rungvisai, uh, uh, Lomachenko, another guy who might be the top pound for pound fighter in the sport. He's not from America. Uh, Triple G, he's not from America. Uh, the the top light heavyweights, whether it be Kovalev, whether or not it's Bivol, whether or not it's Beater Beef, they're not from America. Where are the great American fighters? They're not willing. Sal, the, re the, the reason why, and Sal, you, we, we just talked about this before, the reason why there's no American fighters, not to say they're not talented enough, but they're not willing to step in the ring and prove they're the best. The other fighters are. This is the slap on the face that we get, and it's an embarrassment. And I don't understand why the fighters themselves aren't embarrassed, Sal. I mean, when you've said a million times, you know, it, it, the fighter can change the course 
of what an advisor or a manager is saying. All they got to do is say, make the fight. I want to fight. Right. Make the fight. I want to fight this guy. Boom. Right? I mean, that's all they got to do. A lot of yes men, you know, these are guys that aren't educated, unfortunately. These younger fighters aren't educated on sport. They're not educated on, you know, they don't look at the sport as a broad horizon. Me and Sal were speaking during the break, uh, before the break was over, you know, about Mike Tyson. This is a guy that, you know, coming up young with custom auto, cussed to him about the whole sport, uh, you know, for every aspect of the sport, you know. So Tyson was uh, a historian, so he knew about everything other than what was in front of him. And right now, in my opinion, a lot of these young fighters coming up, and again, they are very talented, and it's not the say that if they were not in this tournament they wouldn't win but you know they just don't have that you know that broad knowledge what they have is just what they have seen in this last era for example you know they, they see these Heyman type uh, paydays and this is what they want right away they don't want to invest any longevity into this and in my opinion that's why they're just going along with a lot of these managers a lot of these promoters and they're just saying you know what I'm, I'm you know I'm in it for the now I'm not in it for the long run and in a couple of years from now they're going to regret that in my opinion especially when a lot of these guys these top promoters are on the way out the door and then we're going to have a whole new wave of young promoters that are going to sit there and they're really not going to know how to run things you know uh, the proper way either and it's all going to go overseas and overseas in my opinion by the time 2020 comes we're going to be talking about uh, whether or not it's Japan whether or not it's England whether or not it's um, uh, South America the United States is going to be at the bottom of the food chain one last thing I want to ask you Dax um who do you think the, the next World Boxing Super Series, what divisions? I think, in, the, in, in my opinion, I think, you know, probably the 154-pound division, and I think maybe the lightweight division. Those would be too nice. I would welcome both of those. What do you think, Sal? I would welcome those. And if those are the uh, divisions that uh, we think we want to shed a light on, I think they're the definitive divisions to do so. Uh, an, another natural, but I don't think it, it needs the light, and I don't think it's going to have uh, the, the, the cream rise at the top, but it'll be just the divisions above. We have the welterweight division, we'll have the middleweight division. Uh, but, you know, that that's a far re uh, reach, and uh, you've got your established champions there, so that's why I'm saying it's going to be hard to see these guys wanting to give uh, their belt uh, a chance to be on the line to go into a tournament when they're not going to know who they're going to draw, when they're going to fight, but, but, and everything but Sal, else. That's, that's the beauty thing here. The sanctioning that's the bodies oh, have I know allowed that. all this to happen. There is no roadblocks. There's no excuses. The middleweight division, that'd be great, except, you know what? You have Canelo there. Oscar De La Hoya is it not going to risk It won't that. happen. Why, it won't why happen. risk a $10 million payday when I can get saying. Canelo $40 million? It's not going to happen. Right. That's what I'm saying. Same thing it, with it, the welterweights. Three quarters of the welterweight division, Sal. They're all handled by the same guy. I know that. That's, that's why the that's problem. Not happen. That's the problem. They and 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 <clears throat> they've successfully taken a fan base and 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 have them believing that they are so good that they don't even have to fight to prove that they're good. I, it's it's when you think about it, it's genius. How did they even do it? How did they even get these stupid kids that have drank the Kool Aid? to believe that their favorite fighters are so good that they don't even have to fight the other fighters uh, because they're that good. I, I, I mean, that's genius when you think of it. It absolutely is. You know, before I go, me and Sal, another thing we were talking about briefly, and, and again, you know, kind of uh, um, relates to what you were just saying, where, you know, I've been arguing with this guy on social media for days now, 
um, about between Mike Tyson and George Foreman, saying that George Foreman was never the type of devastating knockout puncher that Mike Tyson was. Who did George Foreman ever knock out? Uh, what what fighter did George Foreman ever put a beating on? And um, also, uh, how could Muhammad Ali ever beat somebody like a Mike Tyson when a Muhammad Ali never dealt with anybody as hard punching as a Mike Tyson? And I said, well, you know, how many of these fights have you seen? He goes, well, I've seen them all on YouTube, and I've never seen anybody get knocked out cold by a George Foreman, but I have by Mike Tyson. I'm like, and exactly who were these guys? Yeah, I research everything. You do your own research. Unbelievable. No, there's a lot of wannabes uh, out there, and it hurts the sport. But, uh, but that, that's, that's why people are easy to sell, and that's why they're making money here. Exactly, exactly. Dax, appreciate you coming on, and uh, we're going to be taking that vacay. And, uh, and you better start making your plans for August, too. you got to come down, man. So uh, we'll make that happen, and uh, you'll have some fun. You know, start start fasting now because we do <laughs> feed you fast. a lot. <laughs> I'm gonna make you a nicer pizza you fed. Never forget. Yeah, don't it. don't listen to him. He's been promising me a breakfast pizza. I still don't even know what they look hey, like. Hey, so. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I, I could have enjoyed who? Some, you know Italian wedding soup up here with all this cold. Oh, mamma mia! Yeah, we got a private party we're doing uh, next week or two weeks, and that uh, we had a special request for our uh, Italian wedding a soup. Hey, hey Dax, I, I got another foot and a half over that storm yesterday, man. I, I, I must have three feet of snow on the ground. It's terrible. It's the ice that was brutal. It was the ice here. I didn't uh, get it, ice. It, we it got snowed, all... then it stopped, then it, then it rained, and then the ice froze, and it snowed again, then it stopped, and then it rained. It was, it, it, it was terrible. So, yeah. But you know what? That's why maybe I'm thinking about you know relocating someplace where uh, I got a buddy of mine who has a restaurant that he cooks. And... <laughs> Come on <laughs> down, Dax. Yeah, it's tough. There's a long waiting list on the bridge. I can, use, the bridge. An, I can they, use an extra hand, they, too, they, man. They, I can give they, you a job and everything. They check you on the bridge. <laughs> you, you, they don't even let you over. They say, what, Sal's not? No, we got this long line for sales. <laughs> Dax, right. have a good one, brother. Enjoy your day. Take care. <laughs> Take care, buddy. That's uh, Dax Khan uh, giving us his thoughts uh, on the World Boxing Super Series and uh, uh, hits it right on the head, Sal, for, uh, for sure. Let me get this uh, last email out the way. Uh, this is another uh, long-winded one, but it's from my man Matt from uh, Buffalo. He says, hey, Billy C., I hope you're feeling better. Uh, I can tell the sniffles got you down. Hey, hey yo, 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 yo. It was a little worse than the sniffles, but, yeah, I am feeling a little better. He said, I want to write in to provide some counterpoint. Are you sure this isn't from Sal? That's Sal's favorite word. I can't stand it. Uh, to yesterday's show, he says, he says, I agree that the boxing needs to improve on many elements, but I do believe sometimes we look past er we look at the past errors with rosy-tinted glasses. Boxing has, had long, has long had issues that detract the sport and top fighters ducking. Two of our greatest fighters in the era you and Sal loved, Sugar Ray Leonard and Muhammad Ali, ducked a rematch with their toughest opponents. Hagler and Foreman retired shortly after uh, leading to rematches for future on the Billy C. boxing machine. First of all, neither one of those guys ducked rematches. You just said the reason why the rematches didn't happen. Hagler left the sport and so did Foreman for a decade. So that wasn't, you can't blame Ali and and Sugar Ray Leonard, respectively. I, I'm sorry, Matt. He says, uh, Rocky Graziano ducked Jake LaMotta. No, he didn't. As a matter of fact, there was an injury that prevented that fight. That fight was signed, sealed, and delivered. And then, uh, I forget, I'm pretty sure Rocky Graziano injured himself and put off the fight. 
and then uh, ended up uh, taking another fight, and some other things happened, and it never happened again. Yeah, you know, but that fight was signed, um, but an injury prevented it. So I, I don't know if that's a legit statement. He says uh, Jake Lamotta didn't get him back with an uh, updated remake of uh, Somewhere Up There Likes Me. Uh, I did get him back with Raging Bull. Uh, he says Ali uh, showcased talent against Chuck Wepner, but I will admit uh, that gave us Rocky. Listen, you can't. Dude, you can't knock the the uh, opposition that Muhammad Ali fought. Come on, man. I mean, Chuck Wepner was a lot better than people think. He just had to face guys like Ali sure. Foreman and Frazier. I mean, uh, Kenny Norton. I mean, that. you know, you listen, Muhammad Ali, during his era when he fought, sometimes you loved him, sometimes you hated him, but everybody has to agree that the guy never ducked anybody. Please, you Nobody. know. Uh, maybe I'm misreading this. I hope I am. But uh, he says, uh, uh, but then again, uh, he gave us Rocky. That's true. Chuck Wepner's uh, life is actually the, the whole trilogy of Rocky the, or the whole. It's quadruple. Initial. I don't know how many. There's six of them. But anyway. I think uh, I think uh, I think the initial movie Rocky was inspired by Chuck Wepner fighting uh, Muhammad Ali. Well, it it definitely was. Ch- and so the, the second one was also. Um, based on on the return of Chuck Wepner, uh, then the other ones just got all Hollywood. But anyway, uh, I don't want to get into. That. I I hate talking about no. movies like they were f- real fights. But anyway, he says uh, perhaps <laughs> then was the best showcase of all time. Tyson fought almost all pay per views against several, uh, with several against randoms. His path to a title on the way up road uh, through Marvin Marvis Frazier and the like. Mike Tyson fought everybody that was available to him in the heavyweight division. We can't criticize divisions uh, okay. that are don't have the talent. And if, as long as the fighter fights everyone, Lennox Lewis fought everyone available. Mike Tyson fought everyone available at the time before, you know, obviously prolonged the fight because he went to jail. And quite honestly, uh, Anthony Joshua has fought everyone available to him as well, except for Deontay. So um, we'll see. And he's trying to fight the rest. He says, despite... Uh, not having been alive during the heavyweight glory days of the 70s uh, or even the big showdowns of the 80s. I do appreciate them as a student of the game. I was also fortunate enough to learn about Carmen Basilio, Rocky Graziano, and Tony Zale because of my grandfather uh, fought in that era. Thankfully, not against them, or I might not have uh, existed to even send you this email. Uh, sadly, Carmen Basilio is one of the greatest uh, upstate New York athletes of his time, uh, of all time, and a few could name him. Uh, across the uh, uh, region today. Past eras even have far deeper scars than today, in addition to less exposure outside the arena, matched, match fixing, taking dives, keeping black fighters out of the sport, and bribes to sanctioning bodies have permeated our beloved sports past. Despite it all, boxing carries on uh, the most uh, basic yet most magnificent sport. The sweet science will never die. I will state, however, the worst period of boxing was from 2009 to 2015. For that Mayweather era, I believe you, Sal, and I are in agreement. The Klitschko's grip on the heavyweight division and Mayweather's shoulder roll significantly damaged boxing's interest in the U.S. First, the heavyweight division was a snoozer, and second, Mayweather absorbed the entirety of promotional power in the sport. Worse than that, Mayweather laid an egg in the biggest true boxing pay-per-view of all time. That kept many away uh, from the sport even to this day. Fast forward to today, most fights are televised, more fights are televised uh, than ever before. In addition to YouTube housing almost every bout since the dawn of man, the phones you dislike so much allowed me to watch a young Sal 
uh, tear it up. Despite my dislike of Twitter, uh, we can follow some trash talk and insights into the fighters. Did you know Lomachenko's favorite hobbies are hunting and fishing? I found this through Twitter and was glad we shared uh, something in common. ESPN is back in a fight game with a great investment, and Toe to Toe Tuesdays on FS1 is a joy when it's on. Last year, CBS broadcast the biggest welterweight bout. We'll currently have the uh, World Boxing Super Series, global coverage, and fun fighters to watch. Working at a large global company, I find it great to connect with the U.K., Mexico and other country colleagues about boxing. I was even successful at bringing old and new fans back into the sport just by discussing it and sharing highlights and fighter stories. I also took the liberty of outlining the top fights of the next few months. I believe we have quite a bit of the best versus the best on display. This covers only the first half of the year in booked fights uh, with ESPN divisional rankings. I even listed uh, weights to show the top bouts across the spectrum. Needless to say, as with most of my emails, I like to accentuate accentuate the positives of the sport in addition to fair criticism. Uh, he has uh, March heavyweights, number one versus number three, Joshua against Parker, number two versus four, Wilder versus uh, Ortiz, uh, cruiserweights in May, Gassiov, Yusek, one versus two, light heavyweight in uh, April, number three versus number eight, Baraver against Bivol, and number one versus six, Stevenson versus uh, Badu Jack. There's no way Adonis Stevenson should be ranked number one. The guy never fights, so I, I you know, forget ESPN and their rankings. I like the computer rankings. Go there. He says super middleweight in February, number two versus number five, George Groves against uh, Chris Eubank Jr., another good one. Uh, he says uh, number one versus number two with Triple G against Canelo. Junior middleweights in April, number two against number three, Hurd and Lara. Featherweights in June, number one against number three, Cruz against Mares. Superfly in February, number one versus three, Rung Vizal against Estrada. And flyweight in February, number one versus three, Nietes against Revco. In closing, it isn't all gloom and doom. We millennials aren't all losers, as you make us out to be, Billy. Uh, we most are. But as for myself, I paraphrase a wise man. I can skin a buck and I can run a, a trot line. A country boy can survive. Uh, thanks for the email, Matt. It's a great one. And listen, listen. I, 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 I don't... You're not all, I don't mean dumb in a sense. You guys are smarter than we were. You, my granddaughter is, uh, she can write and read and she's in kindergarten. You know, at my generation, we didn't even learn to write till second and third grade. So, no, uh, from, a, a, from that point of view, today's youth is way smarter than we are, um, especially uh, at that age. My point is, uh, you're not as there's a lot of fans that aren't smart because they're not going back and doing things like you do, Matt, uh, learning about the history of the sport, which is critical uh, in this sport. But I love the email. You made a lot great, of great Matt. points. And boxing has always had its flaws and boxing will always survive. Um, you know, the problem, and you hit it on the head about Mayweather and Klitschko. Klitschko, if he fought exciting fights like he fought against Cuba Pulov for his whole career. We'd be talking about Vladimir Klitschko as the greatest heavyweight of all time, but because he fought in a very um, uh, unexciting manner, a very cautious manner, just like Floyd Mayweather, you don't remember the fights, you know, and, and as much as their accomplishments should outweigh the excitement, it doesn't because this type of sport is all about the excitement, and that's why these, these former generations... Uh, always seem to 
to to enlighten us. But let me let me just say one thing. It's gonna there's gonna come a time when 20 years from now people are going to be talking about this era, the 2017s, the 2018 era of fights. And you know it, it's a normal thing. Every era that you're currently in, we always wish we were in the previous one. When I was a kid watching Muhammad Ali, everybody was talking about the 40s and 50s. You know, when in the 80s, when, when uh, you know, all these great fighters were fighting, we were all talking about the 70s, you know? So it, it's just a normal thing. Uh, the problem is, is when you have fighters that fight cautious first, they don't go down in history as being memorable. What's your thoughts, Sal? I think you hit it right on the head. I mean... Every era that we're in with fighting, you know, we'll look back and we'll see one that we felt in our throughout our lifetime that we remember uh, more of the significant fights that uh, that rose to the top. It's just a natural thing. Uh, I heard it from my father. Uh, I heard it from uncles. I heard it from friends, older friends. And you know, now we, we you and I say it. The bottom line is, 20, 30 years from now. Uh, you're going to have people reflect back on this era or something else or some of the big fights. But uh, you, you hit it on the head a lot of times, and people are going to remember, you know, which fights that were uh, were, were big. You know, is it going to be the Mayweather or is it going to be uh, uh, still Roberto Duran or something else? You know, it, it's going it's, to it's, – some of the fights will stand the test of time just because those fights gave the fans whatever they wanted out of a fight to see. Right. Well, I mean, listen, the fans want to fight. They clamor for a fight, and the fights used to be made a lot quicker than they are today. The marination process is, is what's hurting it. But, uh, hey, boys and girls, listen, programming note, uh, we were going to do a live show tomorrow. Unfortunately, uh, something has come up. Uh, mainly the weather has uh, crushed uh, this area. So uh, I, there's some things that uh, have to be done. Uh, in order to uh, <clears throat> survive, and I'm not kidding. Uh, so we will not be doing a live show tomorrow. We will be on vacation all next week. We return on February 21st. I know it sounds like a long way away, uh, but uh, I will be traveling back and forth. It'll give you guys a chance to uh, uh, review some of the uh, uh, older shows, and it's going to give Sal a chance to uh, catch up on uh, uh, some of the shows that are, are about to happen. So he's well-versed, yes. and by the time that we come back. But uh, I want to leave you guys with this. On this day, February 8th in 1997, Prince Nassim Ahmed knocks out Tom Johnson in the eight, Tom Johnson in the eighth round to win the IBF featherweight title. It took place in London. On this day in 1998, Enrique Sanchez wins a 12-round decision over Rafael Del Valle uh, to win the vacant WBA World Junior Featherweight title. It took place in uh, Louisiana. On this day in 1990, Hadaki Oshai knocks out uh, Jiwon Hawan Choi in the uh, ninth round uh, to win the uh, WBC World Strawweight title. It took place in Tokyo. On this day in 1930, Panama Al Brown retains his world bantamweight title via a fourth-round disqualification over Johnny Eckerson uh, in their fight that took place at the Olympic Boxing Club in New York City. And finally, this is one of my favorite fighters. This guy, if you've never watched any of his uh, fights, punch it up on YouTube. Uh, this this guy, and, and, and when you look at him, you know, he died in his early 20s and was such a great fighter, a uh, Filipino fighter. 
um, uh, very reminiscent of Manny Pacquiao. But on this day in 1924, Pancho Vila wins a 15-round decision over George Marks uh, to retain his world flyweight title, and that took place at Madison Square Garden uh, in New York City on this day, February 8th in 1924. I'm going to miss you guys, uh, but make sure... Uh, you catch up on some of the old shows. Uh, we will be back better than ever. We will announce our new, uh, uh, another new segment. We'll also announce our next uh, Billy C's Magic Boxing Machine, all when we come back on uh, February 21st. So until then, I'll leave you with this. Make sure you tune in on that morning, February 21st. Same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, ciao, baby.